0: Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head to head. Today, we are ranking all 13 movies made by the legendary filmmaker Stanley Kubrick, joined by friend of the show, Callum. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. Hello everyone, welcome back to Duel of the Tags. Today, we are talking about Stanley Kubrick, probably one of the best-known filmmakers of all time. We're gonna be ranking all 13 of his movies, 14 if you count Spartacus, in a top 10 format. So before we start, where's
1: the moon landing on your guys' list?
0: Uh, The moon
1: landing, uh, three. (laughs) (laughs) The moon landing is like my number 10.
2: I, I have to put it at number one for its impact i mean after all it ended the space race
1: it's my number 10 because uh buzz aldrin one of its stars was a huge asshole in first man (laughs) (laughs) so it just sucked like sure everybody saw it but this was the mcu of its day
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right and we are joined by a special guest a good friend of mine callum hello
1: yeah you're
0: the you're the reason this episode even exists so it made sense to bring you on uh Months ago, when the show first started, you told me to to rank my favorite Stanley Kubrick films, and it took me like a half hour. Or so um, my list has changed since then. I've gone back to rewatch most of these at least once since then. So it's it's not
2: an easy topic at all. There were like multiple times where I just went back and forth, and even now, I I just kind of wonder, did I make the right choice?
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, AI
1: artificial intelligence made my top five. I was shocked as you guys. See, my number one is uh, Napoleon.
0: All right. Well, without further ado, we're gonna get right into this. Just so everyone knows. Uh we're gonna we're gonna take turns nominating movies. I'm gonna start with uh Callum, myself, and then Jory. So hopefully by the time we get to Josh and Alden, they uh, have actually seen some movies. Callum, what is your number 10 in this case? So you might have movies below it like I do, um, but we're going to just do a top 10 for the sake of hopefully everyone having an opinion at some point. Welcome. Welcome to the Callum Zone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My my number 10 is Eyes Wide Shut.
0: Whoa. (laughs) Uh... Uh oh! <laughs> Is Josh gonna veto right off the bat? Two weeks in a row. <laughs> uh, Jory, do you want to go first or I'll go first? I think you should go first, Josh. You've only seen three of these or whatever, <laughs> but I don't know what to put as number ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point.
1: <laughs> are we counting? Uh, are we counting fear and desire? Yeah, uh, I am. Yeah, I have not checked that one out at all but it being his earliest movie to me is a good sign because my list kind of trends like his earlier ones aren't my favorite and he got better as it went on so i think doing like fear and desire or killer's kiss or the killing or really anything that he did that came out like spartacus and before it would be a good pick here i guess i guess i'm vetoing um
0: (laughs) Uh, Cool. Are you saying Fear and Desire, Killer's Kiss, or The Killing? Which title sounds the least intriguing to you? And if you pick one of these, I'm going to be pissed.
2: Well, uh, I I have to say something about this. Fear and Desire is definitely
0: the weakest of all of those. (laughs) Hey, what's your number 10? My number 10 is The Killing, but it's not for any disrespect. There are two movies that are significantly worse. What are the two movies that are significantly worse? Fear and Desire and Killer's Kiss are both way, way worse. <laughs> should i just put the killing here <laughs> yeah okay
2: <laughs> you also Nate, uh, put killer's kiss and fair desire at the
0: bottom <laughs> if i was counting spartacus spartacus would be above both of those as well yeah i'll i'll put the killing here um i i i haven't seen the killing but i will say eyes wide shut i think is a phenomenal movie it's my personal favorite kubrick movie so you're already a d tier guest to me callum to
2: <laughs> i i Should I explain myself or? Yeah, sure. Let's put it to a vote. (laughs) In spite of the film's amazing style, I, I think a lot of it is admittedly really silly and kind of hard to take seriously. Like, I'm supposed to believe that you have this cult that's just... All it does is perform ritualistic orgies.
1: <laughs> well, it does a little more than that.
2: And antagonize Tom Cruise. <laughs> it sounds a lot like Scientology to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I. They, they predicted... You see, that's why they cast Tom Cruise.
0: Oh, absolutely. I definitely think Kubrick thought that was funny. The whole, like, theming of the movie is very, like, dreamlike. And it kind of has... If you, like really dissect the movie a lot of it is
1: like themes of that you would find in dreams
0: for a lot of people where
1: yeah it
0: just it feels heavy-handed
2: as well
1: i can sort of see where you're coming from with that but i feel like where you see it as feeling heavy-handed i think it's just one of the movies one of the movies in his filmography with the clearest theming like it doesn't try to run you around like something like the shining where you're like okay like what what's happening here like there's a very simple story going on but it's very clearly very layered but Eyes Wide Shut like immediately is banging you over the head it's like okay I know exactly what this story is about and I feel like it benefits from that and it's so like suspenseful and it's I think one of the strongest movies on here to have a first watch with Like, I remember I didn't have the reaction to The Shining that I thought I would upon my first watch, but Eyes Wide Shut just blew my hair back. Like, I like The Killing a lot, and I also like Eyes Wide Shut, but the
0: reason I think I'm going to cast my vote for The Killing here is because I feel like a lot of Kubrick movies have, like, a standout performance but i feel like the whole cast of eyes wide shut is is really really good and i agree this i i have to disagree with that actually i think the stakes of of the the cult and like the way that it's executed is a little silly callum and i i agree with you there but i think the implications and the themes of what that cult represents is greater and with the killing for me it it's a great watch and especially for like a noir of its time it's really effective. The first time you you see it you get it and then upon rewatches there's more things to find like some of his other uh more like recognizable films I guess you would say. The main thing that I'm
2: disagreeing with here is like the acting and stuff. I I I'm mainly going to pinpoint tom cruise who i think just simply is not good in the
1: film i completely disagree i'm not i'm not even a tom cruise fan and i think this is one of his best movies yeah this is definitely the best acting that i've ever seen tom cruise do
0: it's up there with magnolia
1: that scene where he has like he sees the mask
0: on the bed and he starts crying like that's one of his like best scenes all of you are just leaving out
2: tropic
1: thunder like that
0: (laughs) all of you are leaving out top gun like that
1: (laughs) <laughs> I was gonna say this is the best uh, like homoerotic Tom Cruise that I've ever seen, but then I was like, yeah, no, Top Gun.
0: <laughs> it's gotta be it. All right, Alden. Based on the arguments, which movie should go at number ten?
2: Because spoiler spoiler alert, I-, I put The Killing at nine.
0: Oh, okay. So it's close. This is ta- this is Tarantino all over.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so my whole thing with The Killing is its structure makes the film. I find it fascinating that you get to see because the whole film is about this heist and you get to see different aspects of the heist happening at these times. Like it will go back in time to show you uh, an event that was happening
0: concurrently with another one. It's also communicated so effectively. Like, you know exactly what's happening.
2: Yeah. Sterling Hayden. Thank you. Like when his character's in the locker room and you can hear like the announcer and then you hear like the whole, like the one horse has gone down. I think it was like Red Rocket or whatever. <laughs> it wasn't Red Rocket. So, something along those lines. And that, and you just remember that was like when it got shot.
1: His name started with an N and then he said the N word in the movie. Fuck, what was his name?
0: Yeah, that's actually how we should write these movies. The amount of N bombs they have in them. Wait, we already did Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> The only other one I can think of is a full metal jacket. The Shining has like one scene
2: where it's dropped four times. Right. I forgot about that,
1: actually. I was surprised nobody said the N-word in uh, Eyes Wide Shut. (laughs) Kubrick went
0: soft at that point in his career. He was done making exposés.
1: That scene in The Killing where, like, that black guy just wants to hang out with the dude that has to shoot the horse, <laughs> it's so funny.
2: Well, but he, he when he throws down the horseshoe, that, that was his undoing. Got caught in the wheel. And... It's like, there's there are problems, sir, you're
1: the problem. <laughs> he just wanted to give him a lucky horseshoe, but it... Yeah, he wanted to relate to him about the war, and he's just like, hey, I'm busy committing a crime. <laughs> and then this movie also just, like, low-key inspiring The Dark Knight. <laughs> oh, shit. With the with the uh, clown mask and, like, the heist. Like, I feel like... Yeah. I feel like that can't have been like too much of a coincidence like i know that that whole thing was from like the batman 60s tv show but like i was getting shades of like Joker influence from this movie and i was like well what the fuck like when george's wife is like oh like my whole life's a joke i can't even get a man it's like damn
0: all right you guys are persuading me to put the killing over eyes wide shut and i know josh isn't going to be happy about this (laughs) <laughs> all right everybody shut up and let's do this vote <laughs> i'm casting my vote for the killing
1: i'm also casting my yeah vote i'll the put killing. the killing here we should have rated uh we should have rated top kubrick stairs <laughs> <laughs> oh my i gosh. think uh vincent d'onofrio would take it for me
0: (laughs) all right well uh callum you just red-pilled us all into putting eyes wide shut at number 10 uh we're gonna go to you uh jory with what your number nine is or i guess lowest movie wait
1: i voted for the killing to go at number 10 yeah so did i so did i oh okay okay nate what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) nate did you really think it would be that
0: easy (laughs) (laughs) eyes wide shuts moving on number 10 is the killing jory what do you have at number nine or your lowest movie left
1: um my lowest movie number 10 on my list is uh, spartacus uh i'm perfectly okay with putting one of the other lesser movies on here because i saw nine of his movies well eight of his movies actually
0: okay um out of curiosity did you place fear and desire killer's kiss or paths of glory higher than this spot um no i would rather see paths of glory get put on this list before spartacus if i'm being honest well
1: paths of glory is farther up for me so we're we're gonna have to wait a little bit (laughs) i'm i feel pretty comfortable nominating paths of glory like, as just being on the list at all versus, like, Killer's Kiss, Fear of Desire. Yeah, but. and you've seen part
2: of the movie. You just haven't seen the whole thing. I mean, I I think Ads of Glory deserves more than number nine.
3: <laughs> just based on multiple people arguing for it online, I put it at uh, a lot
1: higher. then how many of these movies did you see? Three.
3: A little more. I, I did, yeah, I'm going to say three just all the way through. I've seen scenes from a lot of these. So... So Jory's nominating Paths of Glory here at nine? Yes. I, I
0: I have to completely veto that. All right. Callum's veto. What do you want at number nine?
2: Well, I mean, I suppose because Eyes Wide Shut isn't 10, let's just put it at nine.
3: I love this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love this pure chaos.
1: Watchman ink. <laughs> it's it's at number nine for me. It's at number nine for me. Alden, did you see this movie? <laughs> no. Well. M- most of it. Paul didn't see Eyes Wide Shut. If I'm between Paths of Glory and Eyes Wide
0: Shut here at number 9, I'm going to have to say Paths of Glory belongs here. I think Paths of Glory is a very strong anti-war film, but I don't think it's I don't think it's even in Kubrick's top 3 best war films. So,
2: I mean, I I I think Paths of Glory Oh, oh gosh.
0: Should I just drop the first?
2: Wait a minute. What do you mean not in the top 3? Three war films. I mean, it's it's his third best. Oh, okay. But I I actually disagree with that.
0: That's fair. I think it it feels the cheapest out of all of his movies in terms of, like, production value. And I think the cinematography is incredible. Even more than Fear and Desire? No, no, definitely not more than Fear and Desire. I mean, at this point in his career, everything after it just feels so much bigger in scope. And I get, like, it's not really...
2: Well, of course, everything after, because... The the thing about Paths of Glory is that was that was one of the most important films of Kubrick's career. Yeah, opened up so many doors for him. That's what allowed him to do Spartacus because of, of Kirk Douglas. Uh, Spartacus allowed him to eventually go on and make lolita dr strangelove 2001
1: yeah it was like a stepping stone to his career but as far as like the film itself
2: yeah just because
0: it's the first doesn't make it the best
1: all right fine i'll
2: nominate spartacus for this place because there's no way you're telling me
1: paths of glory isn't yeah i don't want spartacus on this list at all is the thing but paths of glory i want to pay respect and put it up so are we between voting
0: for eyes wide shut and paths of glory because if it's going to be this massive I'll just use a veto. Nate uses his
1: early veto again.
0: (laughs) All right, here it is. The second spot. I'm using a second veto for this round. I'm going to put Lolita here at number nine. What? I personally love Lolita. It's another fantastic movie. Uh, Once we get into the top eight on this list, I think all eight of these movies are masterpieces to some degree or another, specifically the top three. I really think that between Paths of Glory, Lolita, and Eyes Wide Shut narratively, I think Paths of Glory is the weakest, but I think in terms of like a milestone in in Kubrick's career, it's the the greatest. I think that Eyes Wide Shut probably has some of the best cinematography in his entire career, and I think Lolita might have some of the best writing and some of the best performances. But if it's really going to get the semantic moving forward, I think Lolita is an extremely problematic film, and I think it's one that hasn't particularly uh, garnered more appreciation over time, despite its really really intelligent way of telling its story
2: contemporary reviews of lolita were very mixed and it is a film that's uh, undergone a reevaluation.
0: i personally love lolita but i'd be
1: okay with it being at number nine i think it's just because of the subject matter
0: that
2: that's by nature of being an adaptation of
1: lolita <laughs> yes <laughs> you're
0: not gonna make
1: a non-controversial version of lolita <laughs> Alright, so now that Josh, Callum, and have all used their vetoes, what are we placing at number 9? Um, I'm between Lolita and, uh Paths of Glory here. I kind of want to say Lolita, now that Nate put it up. Yeah, Nate had a good argument for it. Yeah, I'm gonna say Lolita here. You happy, Callum?
0: I sacrificed Lolita for Paths of Glory. You know what? Even though Lolita is higher
2: on my list, you made a compelling argument.
0: I, yeah, I would rather watch Lolita than Paths of Glory again, but if this is how it's gonna be, I don't I don't want to get crucified
1: for Iceman. Nate would rather be a pedophile than die for his country.
0: Nate, Nate, you're talking about
2: getting crucified. There's a reason why this is so chaotic. It, I, I'm going to be the one who's crucified at the end of this. I'm going to be, like, like, at the end of
1: Spartacus. I'm going to be Spartacus. Well, Callum, you named Josh and I's favorite Kubrick movie as your, like, first pick. We were both like, yo. There
0: is something else. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay, uh oh. Uh oh. Okay, it's my turn at number eight to place something. I'm between two Kubrick War movies here. I have Full Metal Jacket at number seven and Paths of Glory at nine. After that last bloodbath that was trying to place Paths of Glory at number nine, I feel confident in placing it here at number eight. The only reason I have Full Metal Jacket etched out above it is I feel its implications of its anti-war messaging are significantly more in your face. I just think that Paths of Glory is a little too straightforward and by the numbers. If I'm being honest, I'd rather watch All Quiet on the Western Front, a movie that's 30 years older than it and doesn't have Kubrick's masterful masterful uh, cinematography and vision behind it. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think these are two movies that I think are lesser masterpieces in a fantastic filmography and i just think the messaging in full metal jacket is stronger than that of paths of glory it seems like the argument is that paths of glory walks so full metal jacket can run i did not see path paths of glory but i've seen full metal jacket paths of glory is actually
2: interestingly enough a war film that's really kind of not about war
0: (laughs) i could see that take
2: because i mean so much of it is about that trial and and kind of how they use people to make statements full metal jacket is an interesting case because that's a film that i could consider one of kubrick's strongest if it weren't for the second half
0: yeah 100 percent agree i think the pacing the pacing of full metal jacket is pretty weak sauce um i'd say right when they got to nom that's when the pace It's really exactly that for me
1: no that that's it that's like where the second half but then the second half of the movie just kind of doesn't really support it as well like it still makes sense it still follows through with the same themes it's just not right but
2: it
0: does at that point it doesn't do anything unique with it in the argument of of uh elevating paths of glory over full metal jacket i think paths of glory is one of the like, it, it's one of the greatest movies about the First World War or the Great War, as it was known back then. Whereas, like, Nate, Nate 1917 came out two years ago. <laughs> Shut, Shut up. The fuck, <laughs> <laughs> and then as for Full Metal Jacket, there I can name, like, four better Vietnam movies. Like, no cap. Um
1: i feel like that's partly just because as far as anti-war movies go vietnam is a much better era to set it in after it happened because it was as unpopular as it was but during the great war you still had this thing where it's like romanticized like oh yeah go fight and die for your country and it was only around this time that people were first like waking up and being like bro that shit was fucking nuts
2: (laughs) well and actually in that sense uh you you've actually in a way made an argument for paths of glory because in that sense pat no well, in having it be with the Great War, that's more bold than
1: Very. There was like an, there was an enemy army that was organized and they were over there, they're in their trench, we need to go get them, I'll blow my whistle, we'll rush them. So
2: in that
0: sense, uh, Paths of Glory is actually a more bold film. Sort of, but it took place 40 years after its war instead of 10. I mean, it's it's really not. In, in terms of anti-war literature... World War One is significantly greater than that of, of Vietnam. Vietnam just had more movies made about it because Hollywood was more uh, apt to making anti-war pieces at that point. I, I, I don't really know if that's like a, a fair metric or argument here. I personally would rather watch Full Metal Jacket than Paths of Glory. I think Full Metal Jacket has better performances across the board, has a more engaging narrative. I agree it slows down in the late second, third act, but... Paths of Glory. i would rather watch the first half of full metal jacket but
2: i need to look at it holistically
1: i still think that the whole of full metal jacket is more unique than that of um paths of glory i don't know i just i think that second half gets hokey even when even when nate said before and i agree with him that like yeah i could name like four or five better vietnam movies than full metal jacket I don't think that any other Vietnam movie really nails the um, like basic training sequence that uh, Full Metal Jacket does. Despite it only being one half of the movie, it is still as strong as it is and the second half isn't bad. It's just not as strong.
0: And from like a cu- and then from like a culture significance too, because the, the soundtrack and everything is like so iconic now too.
1: But
2: for being a Vietnam film, it really doesn't feel like Vietnam.
1: to that point the most i could say is like the second half is kind of hokey as far as like the action goes like you've got uh what's his name animal mother just carrying around the m60 and just like almost leveling a building it's kind of silly
2: well when eight when eight ball
1: is shot and there's the slow motion i mean i'm not really bothered by slow motion in war films platoon exists but (laughs) it's like by that point it's it's become a cliche and the second half being as by the numbers as well not really by the numbers but what it is isn't enough to take away the
0: first half for me i think the best thing about paths of glory is how dynamic its cinematography is for a film of its time uh we're talking like mid 50s here uh there was not too many continuous wide tracking shots and this was like 20 years before the steadicam uh so i I think there is some groundbreaking uh technical achievements in paths of glory uh, in a lot of ways, I guess you could say it ran so 1917 could walk, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, like those, those trench scenes are, I just feel like at the point in the career that Stanley Kubrick was when he made full metal jacket, it was like, it, it was like Derek Jeter coming out of retirement to win another like uh world series or whatever. It was like, th- this man is already a masterful filmmaker and he's just coming back to make another anti-war piece and I, I i just personally would I, I i get way more enjoyment out of full metal jacket i think it's a way stronger f- film i think paths of glory definitely has its place on this list and i don't think eight is insulting at all for it yeah where do you have it on your list callum uh six hmm.
1: okay so not too bad
2: and actually full metal jacket is seven on my list
1: full metal jacket is seven on mine as well i can't believe we got through talking about full metal jacket without mentioning arlie ermie
2: well because like we all know he's terrific he we...
1: But, I mean, like, we're going to get there with a bunch of movies on this list. It's like, all right, what do I say about, like, Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall?
0: I like that Pixar had the foresight to start casting Arlie Ermey as all the army men in Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Show me your war face. <laughs>
1: War's over, soldier.
2: Remember when Arlie Ermy was in uh, Apocalypse Now?
0: Yeah,
1: he was. He was, uh, he was in a helicopter, right? Was listening to Ride of the Valkyries, so uh, let's not be Nevada and wait. Let's vote. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm voting that Paths of Glory belongs at number eight. I know you're all going to say Paths of Glory. I'll just say Spartacus.
1: (laughs) There you go. Columns just out here like, I'm Spartacus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where do you stand,
3: Alden? I I think I've been convinced to put Paths of Glory here. All right, well, Spartacus lives. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: never
2: going to bring it up again now. (laughs)
0: <laughs> good <laughs> please <laughs> please don't try to play Spartacus at number three I will never forgive you no
2: no I, I could do you really think I could bring myself to do something like that
1: I don't know you just put eyes wide shut as number 10 <laughs> yeah that was a wild card so we we're like what the fuck is this guy's list look like
2: you think No, you think that's the wild card I
1: do think that's the wild card I don't think that that's anywhere near like 10th on his filmography Callum's really talking like how joke Joker was talking to Murray right now. I'm getting a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> really? You put eyes wide shut at number ten and you're laughing. You think this is funny?
0: <laughs> when I come out, will you introduce me as King DDD?
1: <laughs> What's wrong with your real name?
0: All right, Josh.
1: I know you you've only seen you six of these deserve.
0: movies.
1: Can Alden go next? <laughs> but Alden's only
0: seen three and a half of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> and i think you might have been paying more attention and i think two people have said what their number seven is and i think that's what you should place as number seven josh what is your number seven uh, hmm, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Alden's going next right <laughs> Alden goes after me. Hey, Alden, I'm gonna text you what my number six is, and just let me know if you agree.
3: Um, I th- I feel like our our list right here might be similar.
0: How? Oh, <laughs> you're in uncharted territory.
3: <laughs> Whoa, we're waiting. Uh, that is not my number six. I feel like that's bold, but it might
1: work. Wait, Josh, did you place the- Josh? Did you place The Shining at number six because Loki base?
0: Yeah, <laughs> like all okay. Like if you say that, Alden, because I feel like half the panel's gonna agree with you. Okay, okay. So my number my number seven for this right now is full metal jacket. I agree. Okay. Yeah. Alden, I just did a trade-off. <laughs> that
3: was like that was like an NBA trade. <laughs> Why not? Full metal jacket seven on my list. So. It's
1: six on mine, so I'm not upset. Yeah, I think out of all of these movies, some of them are a little structurally like questionable. Even, like, the masterpieces on here, I would say, like, they could use a little bit of cleaning up as far as the pace department goes. But Full Metal Jacket is the only one where it really feels like, all right, some, the ha- half of this movie needs some milk.
0: So this is a hot take, and I don't know if this is just, like, me viewing this through, like, the modern filmmaking lens, but Kubrick's movies are masterfully, masterfully shot and masterfully directed. I think they're, for the most part, horribly edited. I think there is really really sh- yeah, I 100% think so. I I was thinking about that too Nate while watching Full Metal Jacket where like there was literally like audio cuts. I don't know if like you noticed
1: that where like you can hear like it like cut like like dramatically and it it was really bugging me. It's been a good minute since I've seen Full Metal Jacket so I can't really weigh in on this.
0: I I think a lot of that comes from the era in which he started making movies. I mean the dude's career started in the 1950s and spanned four decades into the nineties when his last film came out. So I think uh, a lot of that just comes with like the editing techniques changing over that amount of time. Personally, I feel like especially some of his later movies just feel um, a little archaic in their editing style. And sometimes the abundance of dissolves feels like I'm watching like a, like a, like a soap opera, like a television soap opera. Um it's a, it's a little jarring sometimes. I, I I think also it it's not in the writing because most of his work is either an adaptation or is is paced in a way where it's supposed to be deliberately long. But again, with like films like Full Metal Jacket and so I think some other ones on his list, there is definitely some pacing issues. Like. uh th- like a lot of his films drag in the second
1: to third act
0: i could agree with the pacing issues thing yeah
1: back to the editing thing like it always surprises me whenever i see that full metal jacket was made in 1987 because it doesn't feel that new now when you're watching it it really does like you get that feeling that this came out in like the early 80s rather than
0: or even late 70s and
1: i do think it's coming from like how long his career spanned and like the way that he's worked up until now i mean this was his second to last film
0: although that
2: that's kind of the thing that i was talking about with the first half though the first half i think feels surprisingly modern i don't know about that one either
0: i feel like it definitely isn't a Especially in the shot composition, because in the first half of the movie, everything is like wider than it would be shot in a modern movie. Like in a modern, uh, like war training drama, it would be a bunch of close ups and like all these like soppy moments. But he does such a good job of securing everything in these wide shots. And I, I personally love that about Cooper. In that,
2: how it doesn't feel like it was made in the 80s and more has that timeless aura to it that the second half doesn't seem to have of all the things you you associate uh these training sequences as being shot in a very gritty way um i could think about oh what what is the film that i'm trying to think of uh in particular it was uh dirty dirty dozen you can think about how gritty it is i think it's fascinating with full metal jacket's first half
0: to have boot camp be shot so well beautifully <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going to say Major Pain, and I was like, wow, I'm really
1: glad he didn't say that. I would have been like, wow, based. I love military prep academies. Cadet Kelly? Um, Whatever the fucking school that they send Francis from Malcolm in the Middle with Spangler. First few seasons of Malcolm in the Middle are Kino,
0: but that's a, that's a list for another episode. <laughs>
1: ranking every episode of malcolm in the middle
0: (laughs) dude i've seen that show enough times through i could probably do
1: that
2: are we are are we including the uh breaking bad episodes as well
1: yeah we're including the special edition like ending to breaking bad where he wakes up in bed and it was all a (laughs) (laughs) drink it rips off
0: dallas (laughs) all right cool so full metal jacket at number seven alden what is your trade
3: deal number six okay uh so it's the shining what okay (laughs) i i don't fully agree with it but i feel like it wouldn't be hard for all of us to place it here
1: i think that it should go a little bit higher i'm not sure what i would nominate in its place though that's what i mean i feel like this is yeah i feel like this is just a fine place for it for me i have two movies that we haven't talked about lower than The Shining yet.
2: My my list is too messy to put anything here.
1: I have one movie that we have already mentioned below
0: number no, uh, The Shining, which I have at number five. I'm gonna abstain on this
1: vote. Uh, I'm gonna abstain on this vote as well.
0: <laughs> Be right back, getting hung. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it doesn't seem like anybody can do anything about this. And it doesn't really seem like we want to. And that's why I accepted the trade deal. Mm-hmm.
0: I think like well, like I think The Shining's like a really, really good movie. And I had a lot of fun watching it with Jory and Nate. And I just think Kubrick has so many like iconic movies. And we were talking about that while watching the movie, as like in the 80s horror bracket, we're like, because Kubrick made it, it's such a top tier horror movie and it deserved to win our bracket like it deserved to like be known as one of the greatest like horror movies of all time but when you compare it to kubrick's other work i'm just not sure if it makes
1: the top five even though for a lot of people i'm sure it does i also think that this is absolutely one of the most overanalyzed films of all yes. time there's so much people go so fucking hard with the shining and i'm always like well don't
2: you know the shining is proof that kubrick directed the fake moon landing
1: Harkening back to our conspiracy theory
0: tier list i feel like a lot of people who watch the shining just need to lay off the weed i i personally think the shining is is one of stanley kubrick's masterpieces i think it's one of the greatest horror movies ever made but i also agree in comparison to some of his other films it it really leaves a lot to be desired, especially in the thematic department where he just leaves a lot up to interpretation and actually takes away from some of the themes of the narrative. Like, in all honesty, the story in the book written by Stephen King focuses on alcoholism much stronger than whatever the fuck Kubrick's going for here in The Shining. And we talked about this in the... I too like Phantom Bartenders.
1: You know, it's really interesting because while I was uh re- while I was watching a few of these movies for the first time this morning, I remember thinking cuz I watched Eyes Wide Shut first, I was like, "Damn, I really don't give enough credit to Stanley Kubrick for how he ends his movies enough, but all of these endings are fantastic." Even uh looking back on it now, I'm like, it's really interesting that he managed to do this Stephen King work, because Stephen King is notorious for having terrible endings to all of his story. I am really glad he brought up Kubrick endings, because that, that is something I think about a lot. Yeah, the ending of The Killing is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I didn't expect that shit.
2: It th- thanks for letting me down, Lolita. Like, Lolita has the worst ending of any Kubrick film, it's not even close.
1: It's a good thing I didn't watch it.
2: No, it's a great film, but then it just... Uh, ca- care if I spoil the ending?
0: Yeah, go ahead and spoil the ending to leader. I don't think anyone listening to this gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it it goes back to the, like the scene from the beginning, and then
2: it has epilogue, and then it's like, uh, Hum Humbert died of. Like something thrombosis in prison,
1: <laughs> as all stories about pedophiles should end.
0: Yeah, dude, the guy's name is Humbert Humbert. What a shit fucking name!
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is he a professor of? I think he's an English professor. Of course he is. All right, but um, but yeah, The Shining. Uh, I don't want to seem like I'm disrespecting its legacy or anything like that, but guys. Guys, watch the other movies on this list. <laughs> and tell me that The Shining is like top three. Yeah, if
0: you're like if you're like listening to this pod, I was just saying, if you're like listening to this podcast, the only movie you've seen is The Shining. Like definitely like go out and watch more of his stuff. Absolutely. I think it's I think it's probably in like the top five for his best shot movies as well. Uh, the cinematography and the shining and the production design are my two favorite elements. Production design. Oh my goodness. Like
2: it's gorgeous. It is a beautiful film and actually the cinematography is really important because it <laughs> since the film took so long to shoot, it
1: actually helped with the development of Steady Cam. And it wouldn't be anywhere near as good without it. Those tricycle scenes, fuck no. Uh, my,
0: my third favorite thing about The Shining is hearing all the terrible behind-the-scenes stories of Stanley Kubrick ab- abusing Shelley Duvall. Absolutely
1: hilarious.
0: Uh, it will never not be funny to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> followed by the, what? followed by the really wholesome stories of him and uh, Danny Lloyd, just like piling around on set i didn't know it was a horror movie <laughs> and he's like brb gonna go beat your fake mom
0: remember when i didn't know that it was murder backwards
1: <laughs> we blind watched uh the shining with josh for our uh, top horror movies bracket and the red rum sequence happens and i'm like oh josh wait till you see this <laughs> and he actually didn't know <laughs> i remember learning about that shit like i heard about that shit when i was in kindergarten before i was like old enough to even see
0: this remember when uh shelly duvall repl- reprised her role as wendy torrens on dr phil what no what no Oh, dr phil like gaslighted her on an episode what oh what the- <laughs> but wait
2: i thought you said that her abuse was your third favorite part of the shining
0: (laughs) i was being facetious callum it's it's horrible
1: it's his third favorite tidbit about the shining
0: It's way cooler than Danny wearing an Apollo 11
1: hoodie or a sweater. Oh my god. The Room 237 documentary is not good, but holy shit, it's hilarious. The dude's like up, he's he's wearing this Apollo 11 uh, sweater, and then he stands up like the rocket is taking off. All
0: right, so I guess number six is The Shining
1: there it is there it is
0: all right back to you callum there's only one movie that can be at number five and it's what you originally nominated at number 10 what is it
1: are you you sure about that are you sure about that
0: yeah uh, i guess i guess i have no choice
2: Uh, Eyes Wide Shut, reluctant- Spartacus! Let's go,
3: Yeah, I thought you were gonna say Spartacus. (laughs) No, not Spartacus! Yeah, go ahead, play Spartacus, see if I give a fuck.
2: Eyes Wide Spartacus, let's go!
1: I have a veto, I can make sure Spartacus stays off the list. I love you, Alden. Alden, cause a shitstorm and nominate Barry Lyndon.
0: No! No! That is the Jackie Brown of this list. No, it's Ka- it's
1: Callum's turn to place it. Callum, what are you placing? He said, uh, Eyes Wide Shut, right? No, he said Eyes Wide Spartacus. <laughs> and Alden's gonna use his veto.
2: I kind of have to do Eyes Wide Shut to prevent Alden from
3: saying Barry Lyndon. I mean, not necessarily. You don't know what I'll put there. I'm not gonna stand for the chance. <laughs> okay,
0: um, I'm going to text both Jory and Alden what I think should go here, and maybe they will agree <laughs> Uh... I think the only movie that you could place lower than Eyes Wide Shut and, like, be okay with it is really silly to then put The Shining at six, if we're thinking the same thing. Um, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna confirm with Alden and Jory. First, I text Jory.
3: I think I know what you're going to say actually this time the shining really surprised me so i i really like the idea of it but i haven't seen it so i that's fine it's it's fine we'll back you up when you veto for it <laughs> that's fine i'm gonna uh, yeah i'm using my veto so you're vetoing eyes wide shut and what are you nominating at number five doctor strange love <laughs>
0: no no
2: that, that's even worse that's no
0: that's the worst possible thing you could have done besides Barry Lyndon. Well, guess what? Guess what, Nathan Callum? We have three votes.
1: What the hell?
0: <laughs> guys, Eyes Wide Shut is not that good. I'm sorry. You guys are tripping
1: balls. I disagree. I loved Eyes Wide Shut. I- Eyes Wide Shut's a fucking masterpiece.
0: No, yeah, yeah. I. I... Nate you were right they are tripping you guys are way out of pocket Dr. Strangelove is one of the greatest satires ever put to film there's Blazing Saddles then there's Dr. Strangelove and then I would argue like sorry to bother you or thank you for smoking really it and there's a hard difference between the second and third on that list yeah it's a top five Kubrick movie
1: that's okay I just like I'd shut a lot more (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) why
3: there's better elements in everything else Alden. I, I'm doing this for fun because yes, I've only seen three of these films. Uh I have Doctor Strange Love as my number one because I expect myself to like it a lot. So, so
2: wait, no, so wait, you put it at number one and then you veto to put it at number five.
1: Wait a second, Alden. I just wanna I just wanna ask you a question. Why didn't you put one of the movies that you've seen at number one? Yeah, Alden, haven't you seen Eyes Wide Shut? Uh
3: most of it. I haven't watched it all the way through. The only ones I've seen all the way through are 2001, The Shining, and Full Metal Jacket. Because I
0: feel like you would really like Eyes Wide Shut.
3: I might, but it's low on my list. <laughs> Jory, Josh, I want to hear an actual argument for why Eyes Wide Shut should
1: beat out uh, Dr. Strange Love. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Strange Love is very good. It's a good satire. It's funny. I, I just like Eyes Wide Shut a lot more. I think the theming is a lot stronger.
0: Gone back to rewatch Eyes Wide Shut multiple times. I've seen Doctor Strange Love uh, twice. Um, I think it's really good. I, I think you're right. It is like one of the greatest satires. But I guess it's just on my personal taste where I rather dive into a movie like Eyes Watch Shut and really dissect that movie more than Doctor Strange Love. And that's what I love about Stanley Kubrick in general is... The, the rewatchability of his movies, the way you can dissect his movies. And I think Eyes Wide Shut is like the definition of that to me.
1: Yeah, I think it blends a lot of what's great about like late Kubrick and early Kubrick together and kind of like the perfect package for me, because it's just as like straightforward as some of his old like serials that he was doing, like The Killing or something like that. But then it's also got the esoteric layers of something of 2001 or The Shining, and I just really appreciate that a lot about it. It's a good case. It's a good case.
2: Are you saying it? the the layering of
1: 2001? I'm sorry. Do not think 2001 is a layered movie?
2: No, no, no. But saying Eyes Wide Shut is, is like as layered
1: as 2001? I think that you could ask a bunch of different people what they took away from Eyes Wide Shut and they would come to you with different answers. Not in the same way as 2001 because 2001's narrative is not so focused on like what actually happens with the whole like monolith and all of that and the ending is what it is and the visuals up until that point it's more artsy
0: 2001 i think is more jarring but also at the end like i got the ending eyes wide shut i'm still thinking about that
1: i i did not get the ending to 2001 when i saw it i i understood it you got the whole thing with like the human zoo shit yeah it's like the next like evolution in man right coming to earth no (laughs) that's
0: what i got out of it
1: i think it's up to the interpretation yeah i also think it's up to interpretation i ruined it for myself by like being like all right let me see what this is like years later, but at the time, like I understand why that movie made the impact that it did, and it's why I we're not gonna be talking about it for a little bit longer on this list.
2: Like Strange Love is a film that has all of its elements come together and all of its elements work. Every single aspect of Strange Love works. From the script to the performances to the cinematography,
1: everything works. I mean say that about every movie that goes up on this list though like all of these movies are functional none of them are bad and if you bring up like cinematography like the i feel like eyes wide shut 2001 clock orange that cinematography stands out a lot more i would argue that the cinematography of eyes wide shut is much better than dr strangelove
0: uh maybe and
2: it is a film with a lot of bite it is incredibly cutting and not to mention phenomenal performances all around. I know I know people like to highlight um Peter Sellers and rightfully so, but also we need to talk about
0: George C Scott. <laughs> yeah, George C Scott's incredible in this fucking movie. It's in my top 3 favorite George C Scott performances. I think he's one of the greatest actors of all time.
2: And I mean that's the thing. He's known for serious roles.
0: Yeah, he goes full Leslie Nielsen in this movie.
2: I mean, Strangelove's second monologue is hysterical. Like, his whole thing
0: about, like, putting all the humans underground and... I think what this comes down to is, like like, what do you get in Eyes Wide Shut that you can't get in any other Kubrick film? Because I agree, it does have like, Jory, your argument and what you were saying is is the most compelling argument I think you can make is it blends elements of old Kubrick and late Kubrick together. And I 100% agree. I think it's I think Eyes Wide Shut is underrated in most, uh, most scenarios. I think it's very underappreciated for a lot of things. But I, I think to etch out, a, in, in my opinion, one of the best Kubrick masterpieces in Dr. Strangelove is just a little weird because Dr. Strangelove is the only comedy he has ever done. And I think it's, it's it, it, what Callum is saying about it having a really strong bite and it having this cool, dry sense of humor is is really, really great. But I also think it's like, the themes and what it's implying it's a satire because it has a message as well well that's what i mean with its bite is it's anti uh uh military industrial complex themes are
1: see i feel like other projects have um gone farther with that bite and updated it more for our era i feel like it was really biting at the time and for a long time after that but i think that the have heavy focus on nuclear weapons at least right now isn't as biting as it was during the cold war
2: originally it was going to be a serious film and it became a comedy because of just how absurd these kinds of situations are the whole concept of mutually assured destruction is quite frankly stupid this being the only uh comedy kubrick ever directed i think this like strange love is actually more a testament to kubrick's talent as a director than eyes wide shut is because the fact that kubrick came in made only one comedy
1: and it wound up being one of the greatest comedies ever made that's remarkable i mean he kind of did that with every genre movie that he did (laughs) Yeah, he did that with the Shining. We
0: were just talking about that. Eyes Wide Shut may be a similar genre to what he's done, but when it comes to suspense and edge of your seat, like you you couldn't you couldn't take it seriously. I don't know that was a weird take to me because i literally like was like what the fuck is gonna happen like i needed to
1: yeah i think that the turn that it takes when they introduce the cult is well done i think that it plays into the theming because up until that point it's a movie about tom cruise like pissed off going on a drive because he believes that his wife might cheat on him because she has like fantasies about other men we
0: talk about kubrick's like pacing i love how the first act of that pace where like he the wife has those dream fantasies and then like you see him like kind of like moping around and like he finds the piano player and then he gets to the costume like the build-up to like to get to the destination like i love the journey as much as the destination
1: not even just the uh the first act but i think that the entire film is one of his most well-paced
0: because even after the entire thing with the mask and the and the um the orgies like you still want to know okay what happens next like he gets the note or whatever he tries to go back i'm still like yo
1: i really like the the almost mirror image structure of the narrative as well where after he goes to the orgy he sees everybody that he met um in the first half of the movie but in reverse order to like get back where it came from and then when he does like admit to nicole kidman what he's been up to this entire time you have that great scene where they take their daughter like christmas shopping and there's just this like you feel it between them you feel like all of this animosity and this uh, like the like oh my god like what is our relationship even becoming between them i mean
2: if if you're going to talk about if you're going to talk about endings
1: i mean i like the montage with the nukes but i kind of think that it just you can say that
2: is the greatest ending of all time i don't think it is but you can make an argument
1: i don't for dr strangelove
0: Uh, i think like tonal implication wise
1: i think presentation wise it's really stellar but it kind of just like ends on a joke that really is part of a character that only comes out for like half of
0: the movie yeah and by the time we get to that ending it's like we, we get the joke
1: like i was talking to josh about it like the ending of eyes wide shut like them find them like reconciling but like this bitter reconciliation followed by nicole kidman saying like i think we need to do something and he's like i mean
2: you're acting like all the
1: ending of strange love is is a joke and she says fuck and that's just it's so it Fits into the theme theme of the entire movie, and Strange and Strange Love's ending doesn't. No, the button of Strange Love is Doctor Strange Love is a Nazi. You want to vote?
0: Yeah, I do. My closing argument here is that I think it's already an upset and a hot take to put Eyes Wide Shut over The Shining. I don't really know how many more of these masterpieces it needs to take over. I agree, it is a fantastic movie. It is one of Kubrick's most underrated, but I don't know if I agree with this uh, this Eyes Wide Shut agenda. I'm casting my vote for Eyes Wide Shut here at number five.
2: Why Strangelove
1: of all things at five?
0: <laughs> that's what Josh wanted here. <laughs> then welcome to Duel of the Takes.
1: Because <laughs> the other thing I suggested was Barry Lyndon, and that was also a shitstorm. I mean, there's nothing that we could have really, there's nothing that we could really have suggested that you would have been like, oh, okay, that's fine with.
3: I also cast my vote for number five, Eyes Wide Shut. All right, Eyes Wide Shut number five.
1: And then Josh and I vote for uh, Dr. Strangelove. Yeah, we made the better argument, but it's fine.
0: Callum placed uh, that, and, fi- and then, yeah, so J- Jory placed. Yeah,
1: it's two to placed. Three.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So
0: number four is going to be Dr. Strangelove?
1: After all that? Yeah, because, like, I feel like out of everything that's on... Wait a second, are we at number five and number four already?
0: So you're not going to push the greatest satire of all time into the top
3: three? Nobody's going to try that after
2: I... I i'm willing to too because it's in my top three
3: yeah i i like my top three and i haven't even seen one of them
1: although you haven't even seen like half of these movies yeah that's why my top three matters yeah but dr strange love is in your top three you haven't seen it i did just say that i know (laughs) let
0: me just catch us up to where we're at we can all take a breath real quick not get ahead of ourselves Number 10 is The Killing. Number 9, Lolita. Number 8, Paths of Glory. Number 7, Full Metal Jacket. Number 6, The Shining. 5, Eyes Wide Shut. 4, it sounds like uh, Josh and Jory want to put Dr. Strangelove here um is there anything else people want to nominate here at number four clockwork orange wait 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 wait. what was the one that was the jackie brown of this barry linden barry linden
1: uh, that's barry linden
0: is that like a top three like should i even try
1: barry linden is technically very good but it's also a three-hour biopic that i don't think is paced especially well it's on purpose paced to be slow but i i <sighs> I really don't feel like this movie needs to be three hours long.
2: There's actually something funny. Uh, Barry Lyndon is kind of the opposite of Full Metal Jacket, where it's the second half that is really
1: strong. See, I I liked the first half more. I like the first half of Barry Lyndon more just because, like, it's slower, definitely, but I'm more willing to, like, be with it in that first half because everything that he's doing is so varied whereas the second half of Barry Lyndon almost feels like a sequel movie where he settles down and is a piece of shit I love the second half because I do really like the dual sequence at the uh like close to the end of that movie is
2: well the reason I love that second half so much is because it delves so much into his humanity like how he's a scoundrel he hasn't earned a thing he's tearing this apart And then he has this one thing in life that you can actually give to him, him being a good father. And when his son dies, seeing him get utterly torn to shreds, actually having that moment of
0: humanity. Yeah, I agree. Clockwork Orange does belong at number four, Callum. I, I couldn't I couldn't tell if you were being sarcastic or Oh not. no, I mean I was being serious, but I, I was not listening to your monologue about Barry Lyndon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought that you
2: were like making a jab because I started talking I went on a tangent about Barry Linden. It's like, yeah, that's so that's so convincing Your yeah, your argument for
3: <laughs> Clockwork Orange at four is so convincing. Ah, uh, that's where I have it, believe it or not. Yeah, I
2: have clockwork orange at four myself
1: on my list i still have uh barry linden and dr strange love lower i'd be fine with barry linden or dr strange love going here i would like to have dr strange love above barry linden um because i just i like dr strange love a lot more than i like barry linden barry linden is a beautiful film the acting is fantastic the score is amazing like technically this movie is fantastic but do i want to watch it i'm probably not going to return to this movie for a while
0: I think it's nice, though, that that Kubrick has a movie that that isn't this rewatchable, layered, complex thing in his filmography. Uh, personally, for me, Barry Lyndon is my favorite of these movies. It isn't the one I've seen the most, and it isn't the highest on my list. But I think everything about it is incredible. Uh, my favorite thing about it is the cinematography the fact that it was all done with natural lighting it is one of the most beautiful films
1: yeah the candlelit sequences are all really fantastic it's so incredible this is the most beautiful
0: film on on this list (laughs) and i think that uh it's it's like period accurate costumes and wardrobe and and set pieces and the the
1: the battle scenes that they do all feel like renaissance paintings it's it's beautiful but, like, I, I I, just don't really like it that much. <laughs> I
0: think in a world where, like, a musical about, like, reversing the role of Alexander Hamilton, like, it, it, in a world where that is, like, extremely popular and extremely accessible, the only reason why I really want to continue elevating Barry Lyndon is that I feel like if more people went back and watched it, they would appreciate it for the masterpiece that it is. Whereas it currently sits in Kubrick's filmography as, like the like the 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 one that's critically highly rated but then audience wise like mixed i i think people would really enjoy this film and I, you were saying it earlier today jory when you watched it for the first time like that final duel scene is incredible and i 100% agree i i think oh gosh the the
1: final duel scene is excruciating in the best way possible yeah you're like is he gonna is he just gonna like shoot this kid <laughs> you're like is barry lyndon really just gonna straight up murder the like his wife's son
0: <laughs> my wife's boyfriend's kid <laughs>
2: You have uh, Redmond Barry is just a character. He is such a nothing character. And think about it. He doesn't earn anything. He doesn't take action for anything.
1: Like what? One of the first things that this guy does is initiate a duel with a general because he's about to marry his cousin that he wants to fuck.
2: Well, no, he he's just kind of strung along, though. He like at the after that point, he's just strung along going from place to place and the one time he eventually does take a stand for something
0: he loses everything how do we feel about um the clockwork orange i know some of you guys have, have it in your top three and want that to go higher than number four here i just want to hear some like some discussion on it because i also really enjoy clockwork orange but i think of kubrick's films it's probably one of the hardest to like show a new audience if that makes sense like where i feel like if i had a group of my friends over And I wanted to show them uh, one of these movies, and it came down to, like, one I think people would appreciate. I feel like a lot of people would be very mixed on A Clockwork Orange. Interesting. But I feel like with Barry Lyndon, at least they'd, like, know that it's, uh, oh, like, this is a well-made film. Like, Nate, this is not what you throw on for multiple people over at your house for three hours. But, like, I at least acknowledge that this is a good movie. Whereas, like, I remember the first time I watched A Clockwork Orange, and it was with my brother-in-law and my sister, and they were like, this is fucking horrible. And I was like, this is a masterpiece. I don't know what you guys are saying. (laughs) Like, it was the first time I had ever seen it.
1: I don't think either of these movies are fit for group watches, but I think A Clockwork Orange, stylistically, is much more like, even if you saw it and you thought the content was shocking, I think that you might be interested in other things that the people who made it made.
0: Clockwork Clockwork was my first Kubrick movie, I think and yeah i really loved it when i first saw it and still do
2: you know i i really enjoy it i just think the other three are Better.
1: <laughs> like when we were talking about Full Metal Jacket, we were talking about editing in uh Kubrick movies. I think that this is a strong contender for one of his best edited movies. Like I really love all of the sequences where they like cut shit in and like make like put you in Alex's mindset. Like when he goes home and he is listening to Beethoven and he thinks about like uh like the crucifixion and like a woman being hanged and himself as like a vampire. I I
0: was cured all right. Listen, all you all you Joker stands gotta go watch a orange
1: oh, also
2: also don't don't call beethoven uh ludwig van
1: ludwig van and the scene where he beats the shit out of his drugs and throws him in the river <laughs> yeah it's such a
0: cool movie where you're following this antagonist i mean i think alex like one of the best antagonists i think in film history and the way the movie kind of shifts in the middle i thought i wasn't going to like but then ended up loving how it did and it was like i think it's a really good introduction to bricks movies to be honest i'm really happy that a clockwork orange made it this far uh, i'm really happy that it beat out the shining because i feel like of uh stanley kubrick's adapted work it is probably the strongest uh in terms of what it changes in its adaptation what about strange love *Strangelove* strange love adapted it actually is <laughs> it changes too much and t- changes the tone and i i i, I see what you're saying but I think in terms of honoring the source material, but adapting it for the narrative of film uh, and the format of film, Clockwork Orange is one of the greatest adapted screenplays I think ever written. Well, and actually, Barry Linden's also an adaptation. Let's just say what we all want is number
1: four. Um, on my list, The Shining was my number four. But as far as what's left, I would like to see. Did we place Dr. Strangelove? Okay, I, I would like to see Barry Lyndon or Dr. Strangelove in the spot. Yeah, I'm
0: agree with Jory even though I haven't seen Barry Lyndon, but I'd be I'd rather see Doctor Strange Love Elevate even though I was debating with Nate about it earlier. I do agree with all of his points though. Okay, I have Clockwork Orange here. Alden, it sounds like it's down to you, buddy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I I haven't seen Barry Lyndon, uh the scenes that I watched uh and research for this. I wasn't a huge fan of Um, It is below A Clockwork Orange on my list, but I'm fine with either of those being placed here. So long, Barry. It was nice knowing you.
1: And I mean, like, put it this way. Out of all of these movies, Barry Lyndon is the one that I personally enjoy the least, but I still had it up this high on my list.
0: Yeah, it's the Jackie Brown of this list. Cool. All right, so we're moving into the top three now. The three movies we have left are A Clockwork Orange, Doctor Strange Love, and 2001 A Space Odyssey. How are we going about this this cluster cuss?
2: Clockwork orange.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I that's mean, voting.
0: <laughs> Josh, I know you uh, you kind of softened up on your original uh uh you know it was a debate argument of dr strange love yeah i feel like i've been hating on dr strange love this whole episode and now i gotta do it again in comparison to a clockwork orange i guess like what do you appreciate in both of these films and why do you think that a clockwork orange should move move on i think i just have a bias when it comes to i've said it so many times in the show when it comes to character development and that and i think dr strange love has a lot of entertaining characters but none of them are as interesting as alex <laughs> like
1: yeah just from a stylistic perspective like i said before i think a clockwork orange is far more musical and it's editing and in it's like obviously because alex is an audiophile um <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh <laughs> um you know just like from the score to like him sing- singing in the rain like it's just <clears throat> to me personally i appreciate what dr strange love is but i don't have a lot of like (laughs) personal love for it but A Clockwork Orange is just an amazing film
0: probably my favorite scene favorite shot from a Kubrick movie is um the second time we hear him having saying singing in the rain and um you see the husband uh the writer like doubling over
2: like with the eyes in the back of his head yeah
0: like that shot's just awesome like that's just one of my favorite scenes in from a Kubrick movie in general I don't I don't know cinematography wise and characters wise I, I just think A Clockwork Orange is is better than Doctor Strange Love when it comes to those aspects I I really appreciate Doctor Strange Love I think it's cool it did make it up this high but there's just two movies that I think are just better yeah i think in direct like contrast these films of all of kubrick's movies i think are like very much very much like strange love could only like is a film that could only be made in the 60s and a clockwork orange is a film that could only be made in the 70s and i think in terms of like their style and everything about them like clockwork orange screams of the 1970s to me dr strange love screams the 1960s um i personally do have a clockwork orange lower on my list But with the arguments being made, I do think it is probably the strongest narrative that Kubrick has in any of his films in terms of like a a strong like main character that you follow and get introduced into the world. It might be one of his most accessible films in terms of the structure, but then least accessible in terms of the subject matter.
2: So weird that I'm going with Strangelove here because as you mentioned, Nate, the films being emblematic of their decades. I'm a seventies guy. The seventies is my favorite decade in in film. So I am kind of betraying it.
0: Yeah, so between Clockwork Orange and Doctor Strange Love, what are the things you appreciate in Strange Love that you just simply don't get from a Clockwork Orange Callum in, in contrast?
2: A lot of it actually comes down to structure. I I find the structure of, because I, I always love like interesting structure stuff. And I, I just like how you have these three different locations and you get to see what's happening at the same time within all of these locations. It's like a wider
1: scope narrative versus uh, like a character study.
2: What, well, what are you talking about? Dr. Strangelove is the most developed Kubrick character of them all. His character arc is my favorite. He learned how to walk. Yeah. He's, literally, a... he's literally every
0: 16-year-old that watches Ben Shapiro once. <laughs>
2: <That's his character laughs> arc.
1: Does Doctor Strangelove's wife have a wet-ass pussy? That dry-ass P-word. Dry-ass P-word.
2: Whereas one of them is an indictment of essentially a nonverbal agreement uh, with the mutually assured destruction and nuclear
1: armament, whatever... The other one uh, is an indictment of a system. Clockwork Orange, if it's an indictment of anything, I think it's an indictment of uh, like brainwashing and trying to condition people into be something that they're not, which is interesting because I don't think that we're meant to... We are kind of meant to sympathize with... A Clockwork
2: Orange is looking at the criminal justice system. It's an attack on the criminal justice system and reform... And like oh not reform, but uh rehabilitation
0: yeah the the narrative the the original book I believe was written as a case against uh lobotomy and and experiments in hospitals uh in terms of how to operate on the brain and and, and rehabilitation and I think that it's its commentary is all kind of um hidden and a little bit more uh like you can get en- engrossed in the narrative and not know that with a clockwork orange, whereas strange love. It's all in your face, and that's kind of the point of a satire—is to like, like drown you with the messaging and kind of just, uh, you know, be be farcical with this over serious tone. I, I think we're getting at the point where it either needs to come down to a vote or a unanimous agreement. I think both of these films—they're uh, in the right spot on this list. I think that both Clockwork Orange and Doctor Strangelove often get placed too low in Kubrick rankings, so I'm happy to see them both in the top three. Um, I have Dr. Strangelove as my number three, so I'm fine with it being there. Personally, I do have a Clockwork Orange one spot lower. I'm just excited to to see what everyone else has to say.
1: A Clockwork Orange is very high on my list. It's a few spaces higher than Dr. Strangelove for me, so I would much prefer to see Clockwork Orange go up here.
0: Yeah, Clockwork is one spot higher on my list than I gotta go with Strangelove.
2: i uh, going to stick with Strangelove because... I a lot of it as well, even if I do find um like an attack on criminal justice a more interesting concept. I think Strangelove is more effective in how it in how it deals with its attacks. And I think a lot of that is due to its bite and
0: Yeah,
3: I'm just happy it's not a number five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, I still think I'm going to place Doctor Strangelove a of a clockwork orange
1: there it is so
3: long silver sailor so that means clockwork orange is three though?
1: number three yeah yeah awesome bro how the fuck do you put a movie that you haven't seen at your number one
3: <laughs> it's been okay so i consulted a lot of reviews and rankings of these films i'm sure you did <laughs> within like the half hour before joining all but one i believe had dr strange love on top and they wrote the most about that film compared to the rest was it armand white that said he didn't like it <laughs> i don't even know the
1: legend of armand white
3: but just reading everything about it it is definitely something that is uh i feel like i like it it's a style that i know i enjoy uh back to our best video game movies uh draft battle
0: uh yui bowl uh, wrote a very hilarious review on letterboxd for dr strangelove at one point and he said this movie is for fucking commies <laughs> <Got> <laughs> letterboxd is taken down so i think that says a lot about our society very
1: for this world
2: this this is off topic but there was a friend of mine on letterboxd um uh, who did a review for parasite that was if i was there this simply
1: wouldn't have happened (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) i will stop the parasites
0: okay so we're down to the top two and i think it's unanimous is 2001 a space odyssey winning this is this the normie choice
3: is this the basic choice i think it is the basic choice but that doesn't mean it's wrong i have
0: to go with 2001 I'm agreeing that 2001 is number one, but come on, after all this, nobody's. To fight i can't fight that hard with this i,
1: I can't i i simply can't because all the new fought this hard against other movies that you like you haven't seen this movie so that you this movie is a completely different thing in your mind to what it actually
3: is when i did chime in, right i had seen most of or the entire film when comparing it to dr strangelove i at least had a base to stand on with the others whereas right now i really like 2001 a space odyssey i mean here's the thing with 2001 so
2: you know how everyone kind of has like films that they consider to be like perfect or whatever like of course no film is perfect but yeah but barry Lyndon is <laughs> <laughs> but but um
0: well you said dr strange love was perfect when we were debating the eyes wide shut
2: there are two films i've seen that I that for me are perfect films.
1: It's two thousand one. One of them.
2: One of them is There Will Be Blood. Based. The other is two thousand one, a space odyssey,
1: and Doctor Strange Love.
2: Not, not
0: Doctor Strange Love. I don't think it's a perfect. Maybe movie. When you are editing this, roll back the recording. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, pull that shit up. Jamie, pull that up. Why am I the Jamie and the Joe of this show? <laughs> 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 and you guys are just the voices in my head. You guys are
2: E M N T. I mean, if I said, if I said it it was perfect earlier i'm i i need to find a time machine go back slap my past self in the face
0: but um that's gonna be a lot to animate <laughs> <laughs> and then eyes wide shut and then, and then eyes wide shut is moving up and me and joy will actually debate but
2: 2001 is an incredibly special film to me as well it is whereas strange love is a film that every single time I watch it, it's just as good as the first time I watched it. 2001 is a film that gets better for me every single time I watch it. And this is probably going to sound weird and all of you are going to make fun of me. But by the end of the film,
1: no joke, I'm actually in tears. Well, I mean, I won't make fun of you, but <laughs> I'll judge you.
0: I <laughs> really uh, appreciate about 2001, A Space Odyssey, is just how well it has aged. I mean, I really don't think any film from 1968 has aged this well, let alone something that's as like sci-fi and special effects oriented. Uh, it, it's actually it, it's mind-boggling how well this film has has aged over time.
1: Yeah, for a space opera that was made before we had pictures of Earth from space, like this shit is wild. Well, by the, well by the ending of Eyes Wide Shut, I was pretty horny. <laughs> see i'm not
2: gonna make fun of you but i will judge you
1: (laughs) see i i think it's just nicole kidman existing in the movie though that does it for me yeah
0: seriously we didn't bring it up earlier this is the hottest nicole kidman will ever be and
1: stanley kubrick was based as fuck for being like nicole you're not getting costumes this movie (laughs) nicole shows up on set like all right what am i wearing today He just looks sadder. He's like the opposite of the Shelley Duvall outfit. He puts the fucking, uh, like, baby, I've been bad on, like, a record player
0: in the thing. All right, so... It sounds like we have a list. <laughs> um, does any That's right. Number 1 Spartacus. No. <laughs> no. We are not Spartacus. What was everyone's first experience watching 2001? I think that's like an interesting gateway conversation cuz I think Josh, you watched it for our sci-fi video at the very start that that feels like years ago, but it was the beginning of <laughs> It was like 7 months ago. The Yeah, that might have been the first movie I watched like in quarantine and um it was nice cuz I got to watch it like in the home theater and so uh having that hearing the music and like with the surround sound and that is going to be a much better experience than just on a regular TV. Yeah, I mean I was blown away by it. It was exactly what I thought it was, what I thought I would um see it as and I just see it as a phenomenal movie. I like the parallels to like The Odyssey, like I think like the uh the AI is kind of like the Cyclops with the one eye and you're going through this journey and yeah, it's cool. I
2: I did actually uh, get the opportunity. Remember, um, Nate, you may have heard about this the the traveling uh, reel. Uh, I actually did get an opportunity uh, to see that. Was it was it seventy millimeter?
0: Yeah, dude, that sounds lit. <laughs> and it it was incredible. I see why you cry when you watch this movie now, dude. I would too after seeing it in glorious seventy millimeter. Because the the films just gotten better for me. It just
2: that ending in particular, that I'm not joking when I say this. That to me is my favorite ending in any piece of media period. Film or otherwise. It is to me the
1: greatest ending of all time. I watched this movie for the first time with my grandparents when I was like thirteen or fourteen. We had just gotten like there was a triple feature of like Kubrick movies that came out on Blu-ray and we got it from my grandfather. And uh, he was like, have you ever seen 2001? And I was like, no. Because the other two movies were Full Metal Jacket and uh, Clockwork Orange. So he wasn't going to watch those with me. (laughs) And he was like, "All right, um, if you can tell me what the ending of this movie means, I'll give you $100. And I was like, okay. Easy. And then we watched the movie and I was like, bro. The fuck?
0: Have any of you guys seen the sequel, 2010, the year we made contact? Fuck no. No. So I... I think it's time for all of us to read our personal lists.
2: Well, this is- Before I say this, um, to anyone watching, this is going to be the last you'll ever hear of me.
0: This is a certified hot take.
2: I'm going to be raked over the coals. Uh, I'm going to be crucified like Spartacus. Welcome to the Callum Zone.
1: It was a mistake to Callum here.
2: (laughs) Number 13, Fear and Desire. Number 12, Killer's Kiss. Number 11, The Shining.
1: Bruh. Damn. Mm. Bold. N-
2: number 10, Eyes Wide Shut. Bruh. <laughs> number 9, The Killing. Number 8, Spartacus. Number 7, Full Metal Jacket. Number 6, Paths of Glory. Number 5, Lolita. Number 4, A Clockwork Orange. Number 3, Barry Lyndon. Number two, Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb.
1: (laughs) Shut the fuck up.
2: (laughs) And number one, Spartacus, 2001,
1: A Space Odyssey. 2001, A Space Spartacus.
0: All right, uh, here's my list. Number 12, Killer's Kiss. Number 11, Fear and Desire. Uh, Number 10 and a half, this is where I'd put Spartacus if it counted. Uh, number number 10, The Killing. Number 9, Paths of Glory. Number 8, Lolita. Number 7, Full Metal Jacket. Number 6, Eyes Wide Shut. Number 5, The Shining. Number 4, A Clockwork Orange. Number 3, Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Number 2, Barry Lyndon. And number 1, 2001, A Space Odyssey.
2: Otherwise known as Spartacus. <laughs> Otherwise known.
0: As Sportacus. All right, Jory, I think you have the next longest list, my friend.
1: My number eight, The Killing. My number seven, Barry Lyndon. My number six, Dr. Strangelove. My number five, Full Metal Jacket. My number four, The Shining. My number three, 2001, A Space Odyssey. My number two, A Clockwork Orange. And my number one, Eyes Wide Shut. Face. Wow. Mm. Shut the fuck up, Alden. Uh, my number six is Full Metal Jacket. Number five,
0: The Shining. Number four, Dr. Strangelove. Number three, A Clockwork Orange. Number two, 2001 A Space Odyssey. And number one, Eyes Wide Shut.
3: I'll give a top five that's actually a top four. Full Metal Jacket at five. A Clockwork Orange at four. The Shining at three. 2001 A Space Odyssey at second place. And first is Dr. Strangelove.
0: Dude, I really want to know what movie you thought Dr. Strangelove is, because not seeing it and putting it over 2001 A Space Odyssey is
3: so bold. A satirical comedy about nuclear warfare just kind of resonates. Yeah, you probably should have watched it then. I'm going to, but I didn't prepare very much for this. Clearly.
2: Hey, hey, you prepared for 30 minutes before this. That's something.
3: I actually had notes for things this time. Here it is, the
0: certified Hood Classic, Duel of the Takes, Top 10 Stanley Kubrick films. Number 10, The Killing. Number 9, Lolita. Number 8, Paths of Glory. Number 7, Full Metal Jacket. Number 6, The Shining. Number 5, Eyes Wide Shut. Number 4, Barry Lyndon. Number 3, A Clockwork Orange. Number 2, Doctor Strangelove. And number 1, 2001 a space odyssey a spartacus odyssey yeah a spartacus odyssey is not not going too high on this list i really like the part where uh hal says i am the monolith <laughs> we got to we got to talk about the elephant in the room the shining number 11 <sighs> are you sure it's not eyes wide shut number
1: one i think the shining number 11 is a little weirder than that you're you're right it is it is weirder
0: I, I'm honestly, I'm really happy with where, like, our list ended up. Like, I know that you guys really love Eyes Wide Shut, but Top 5 is so bold. I love it. I, I couldn't see it making Top 3, but I'm glad you guys love it so much. Should, should I address the elephant in the room? Yeah, why don't you like The
2: Shining? I think it is. it fails as a horror film. Why? Because
0: only one black
2: person dies? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think it's comical. Yeah. I think the film is absolutely hysterical. Like, Jack Nicholson, not scary. He's hilarious. They're,
1: I don't find him threatening at all. If I was Shelley Duvall or a child, I absolutely would.
3: Yeah, I feel like it's the age that I saw this film that I disagree. I do find it comical, but not, not to the point where I'd put it at 11. But it's not, Jack
0: Nicholson isn't the only thing that's supposed to be scary. You got the room full blood you got the two little girls i didn't find those scary either again like wait you got the furry giving a man a blowjob i know i mentioned this a couple episodes ago but that's terrifying
1: i think that the problem with it is that you think of it as like a horror film when the horror genre as a whole is kind of like what it is and this really doesn't fit into the box that that genre created for itself. And it's kind of something else entirely that's more built on suspense than it is on actual scares or like a threatening killer.
2: What am I supposed to think when when Jack Nicholson's limping through a hedge maze, moaning and
1: just about to murder his son with an axe i mean i i think it's kind of unsettling
2: he doesn't even come close the kid gets away easily
0: he's in a maze this is the maze runner prequel we've always wanted
2: well yeah but you know you know that he's gonna get through the maze because they had like the little model and then it's like
0: shining uh have you seen the uh stephen king uh miniseries uh callum of the shining i'm not interested in it it's more book accurate it's a bit more of like a horror film see but i i haven't read the book either. yeah the book uh i like the themes of the book better but the execution is
1: just sauce bro there's like hedge
0: monsters that come to life like i i guess if oh i heard
2: about the hedge monsters in
1: the book tony appears as like an actual like physical psychic like projection that danny has it's not like the shit where he's just talking to his finger which i think is much better
2: the Shining's necessarily a bad film i think it Is a failure on a lot of levels. However, um cinematography and production design are phenomenal, and I think the score
1: also deserves some recognition. I think I think the movie deserves a lot of recognition. (laughs) Not even in your top ten, like bro.
0: I think it gets a lot of recognition. I I I think I think five would have been a good spot on this list, but six is cool too, you know. It's it's dope.
2: It is a very disappointing film to me. And I mean also uh speaking of Jack Nicholson there's barely any progression with Jack in the f-
1: in the film. I think that one of the most famous scenes in the movie is about Jack's progression towards murdering his family with an axe versus like being like oh like I used to drink a lot of alcohol and I accidentally broke my kid's like shoulder the one time. But then the hotel really begins to like take a hold of him and he starts to hallucinate like the bartender and shit.
0: I would agree that it's not a particularly subtle film, but I I do think he's a strong character. I don't, I think to say he's a weak character is, is, is very odd. There are some
2: odd choices in terms of scene order as well. Like having the scene where he tells uh, Wendy to leave him the fuck alone uh before the scene where he breaks down crying is it is like a really
1: bizarre choice it's intentional you you just got the point (laughs) no but that here's the thing that that feels like it's reverse order exactly he's unhinged he's in a completely state he's in a state of disarray in his mind
2: he see he seems he seems unhinged before he even gets to the
1: hotel People say that, and sure, he does, but not at all to the level that he gets when he's in the hotel, and that's what it's about. It's about bringing out what you do have in you. Like, you have the capability. He had the capability in him to hurt his family before. We see it and hear about it in the fact that he broke Danny's shoulder, dislocated his shoulder, whatever.
0: I mean, I get that, but it just doesn't work for me it callum i want you to write a video essay on why the shining is the worst uh executed stanley kubrick film upload it to youtube and watch it get like two million views that would be dope
2: i don't think it's the worst executed kubrick film like i'm not going to say the shining is worse than killer's kiss and especially fear and desire fear and desire is a sloppy film
1: i mean you said it was worse than the killing lolita (laughs) Okay, in terms of widely known Stanley Kubrick
0: films, this would be the worst executed for you. <laughs> um, I think Eyes Wide
2: Shut is, more, is the weakest executed. I just didn't care about anything that was going on in that
3: film. Yeah, I agree, and that's why I didn't watch it all the way through. Shut up, Alden.
1: You can't talk this episode. Uh huh. Watch Watch some movies before you start talking about them. Uh, I'm not gonna
3: finish that one. I don't care about it.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I'll I'll use the the ritual scene where they're all in the circle as an example. I just I see that scene. I'm... You mean the best scene? <laughs> the
1: most iconic scene.
2: <laughs> like I see that scene, I'm like, wow, this is beautifully filmed. I don't care what's happening.
0: Thank you everyone for watching today's episode of Duel of the Takes. Uh, Callum, is there anything we can plug for you, my dude? Do you have like an active letterbox or anything? Uh, I, I have a Twitter. Dope. Yeah, I'll plug your t- Twitter. It's great i'm assuming you want your avatar to be king ddd yes of course
2: uh of course the the thinking pose that's on discord the thinking
0: pose ddd you got it Mm.
1: (laughs) hey kirby i just saw that shining and it's a pretty shitty movie
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Duel of the Takes. If you haven't already, check out the Duel of the Takes YouTube channel, where we have highlights of every episode, bonus lists, as well as comedy sketches and more. Also give us a follow on Instagram, we do interactive stories, daily movie and pop culture memes. Also, when we record, if we ever need a tiebreaker, we will go live on Instagram to you, our audience, to get an answer. Also, if you want to be a part of the discussion, check out our Discord channel for movie debates, hot takes, gaming moments, etc. Next week, we will be making a top 10 music biopic list. And as always, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.